All right, did we pass out the notes tonight already? Ushers are doing their job. Thank you for being here and being in your place. We uh, just one thought about Sunday. We we will not have the um, uh, the uh, international food court because it is supposed to rain and the the um, weatherman's actually been right for a change. So we have to trust him there. But we will take special offerings that day. It'll be on Simple Give, and we'll throw the run the offering plates as well for the youth conference that our team uh, brother Tongdi runs for the teenagers in Laos and, um, and some of them, I believe, from Thailand. And so it costs them a lot of money. They don't charge a lot. It's hard for the teenagers there to raise money. And so um, we, we want to help pay for all of that if we can. I think it cost him out of pocket something like five or $6,000. And then also we want to help sponsor some of the teenagers uh, to get there. So we won't be raising money through the food court. So if maybe we take that money, we would have spent on food or we would have helped to purchase the food for our classes and our ministries to buy, to prepare, and give that plus a little bit more, that would be a blessing. And then also we'll take our faith promise. Now this is not a full-blown missions revival or conference that we do each year. We're, gonna, we're bumping that from February till September, trying to get one of our nationals here. And I'm pretty confident we'll be able to do that. But it is important that we have our missions giving and that we commit to that until that time. And so we will take a faith promise. You say, Pastor, I don't know what faith promise is. I'm new. We will share that with you on Sunday. And between now and uh, September, there are some of our our nationals we do want to take on that are graduating from the colleges that we have over there. And so I hope that you will be a part of that. We have started a lesson specifically from Proverbs about, uh, the, we're calling it the wisdom of avoidance, what Proverbs says about some things. And we started it last week, and really it was the introduction there. And so I'm going to briefly, give me a couple minutes, I won't spend much time, I don't want to belabor the point, uh, so we understand as a foundation what we looked at <clears throat> last week for the book of Proverbs. Of course, Proverbs is the book of wisdom, the book of wisdom. And we understand that wisdom has nothing to do with IQ. It's not how well your brain works. I've known some people that uh, we would look at from an uh, intellectual or an IQ standpoint and say, wow, these are really sharp people. But when it comes to wisdom, they don't have wisdom. You look at their lives, their lives are troubled. They have problems and so forth because they don't have God's wisdom. What is wisdom? To make it simple, wisdom is the ability to apply God's truth to everyday life. Not just to learn the facts of the Bible or the principles of the Bible or what happened in a Bible story, but to look at that from the standpoint of how can I apply this to my life? What is God trying to tell me that I can use in my everyday life so I can have wisdom? That is what wisdom is. And it is also the ability to live God's truth. Once we figure out what God is saying, once we take that, we make it applicable to our lives, we naturally take the next step and we start to do it. That's what true wisdom is. And um, you say, Pastor, I have a low IQ. Get in line. We all do, right? But if we follow God's word, we may not be the, I tell the kids sometimes, you're not the sharpest knife in the drawer, okay? None of us are, but we can have wisdom. And, uh, and so that'll be helpful. I don't, that probably came across wrong, but we'll get over it. Uh, Proverbs speaks of three types of people. Now it talks about a bunch of people, right? The lazy man, diligent, uh, prudent, all these different things. Those are characteristics. But when it comes to our relationship to wisdom, I believe there's three major ones. The wise man, we talked about him. He's the one who learns God word, God's word and applies it to his life. Then there's the fool. 
We think of a fool, someone who maybe may have a mental deficiency outside of their own thing, or they have trouble processing. That's not a fool. A fool in the Bible is one who ignores and defies God's word. A fool can be a very intelligent person, but they have no relationship to God's word, and the fact of the matter is they really don't care about God's word. And then there's the simple man. To me, the simple man could be in the middle there. He is one who doesn't know or understand God's word. Simple. He hasn't quite got it yet to go this direction or to go that direction. Now, the thing with the simple man, if he chooses to remain simple, he can do some foolish things and he can pay the price for it even if his mentality isn't, I'm trying to defy God, I'm trying to break his word, but if he breaks it, he's still going to suffer the consequences for it. So, we're talking about avoidance, and avoidance is keeping away or not doing something that God tells us to be careful of or to stay away from. Stay away from. It can be actions, attitudes, whatever. Now, as we look at the three, the wise, the foolish, and the simple, let's apply avoidance to those three people. The wise man, he's one who learns God's word and avoids that which God tells him to avoid in his life. You know, knowing, you know, knowing a, uh, if you go to a, somewhere and it says, you know, you see a sign that says danger, don't go here. You can know that for a fact, but if you avoid that sign, you can still be in, in trouble. I had a kid when I was in Bible college. They had the L trains, the elevated trains in Chicago. They were run by electricity. And one of the teenagers on my bus route decided that he was going to not come to church that day. Him and his buddies were going to go mess around. And they went over by the transformer. There's clear signs there that says stay off of it. And as he was messing around, tragically, he fell onto the electric wires and was electrocuted. Now, the signs were posted there. We all knew, I mean, that's just standard if you live there, that you stay away from that. But if we don't follow it, it doesn't help us. Um, the foolish man is one who ignores and defies God, God's word. And here's a key one. And embraces that which God tells him to avoid. He just doesn't care. And so I'm going to embrace that which God says we should not embrace. And then the simple man. One who doesn't know or understand God's word, so he doesn't know what to avoid. By the way, we know this too, right? Ignorance of the law is no excuse. Okay? Anybody ever been pulled over for something that you did not know the law? Okay? I got pulled over one time, and uh, I was over, and uh, we were doing apartment management, and I pulled me over. He goes, you know why I pulled you over? I'm like, no, really, I don't, because I didn't do anything wrong that time. And he's like, Believe it or not, he said, your truck, someone had, someone in my singles class, I had a truck, and they wrecked their car, and they had these really thick tires. I'm like, I'll take those things, man. I slapped them on my truck. It looked really neat. They were really big, though. He goes, those are outside the body of your truck. The law says you have to put a mud flap on. And I'm thinking, you know, there's rapists and murderers out there, and I'm going to get a ticket for a mud flap? And I'm like, are you serious? And I wasn't being disrespectful. He goes, yeah, really. He goes, don't worry, it's just a fix-it ticket, so guess what I had to do? I had to give mud flaps and put mud flaps on there. I didn't know the law, but he still said sign here, okay? So if a simple person, if they choose not to know God's word, then they're not going to know what to avoid. And so we need to encourage them, and if it's us, we need to learn these things. When we talk about it, we, we think of the word separation, and, and I went over this last week, and I won't go over it again, but avoidance and separation are really two sides of the same coin. We separate from things so we can avoid sinful actions, 
ungodly influences, negative consequences, and things that would just cause us to displease God. And of course, we don't want to do that. So in the relationship of wisdom and avoidance, and I know there's a lot of blanks there, where these are all review, and then we're going to start. Wisdom doesn't just do some things, it avoids some things as well. That's, there's two parts to it. We find out from God the things that a wise person would do, and we do those things. But we also find out some things that God would say, hey, avoid these things. And again, it can be, we, we think solely, and, and the first one is, but we think solely of sinful things, but God talks about some actions, some attitudes, and even some character qualities. You don't, when he's talking about the lazy man, he's not, he's not banging on a lazy man. He's trying to teach us, hey, don't be lazy. Be prudent. And, and, and do those type of things. And so we figure all of that out. Okay, that was all introduction. We went through that all last week. So I want to look at the first area where we need to practice avoidance. Number one, sinful people. Now, you're going to say, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> Aren't we all sinners? Yeah, yeah. So none of us can talk to each other ever again. <laughs> say, but I'm married. That might work for me. Um, but here's the point. Look at the little point underneath that. All of us are sinners by nature, right? Okay? So, Pastor, I'm just waiting to that day where I grow in my faith and I, I never sin. Let me know when you get there. Okay? I want to know what you did to get there. Uh, and when you think you get there, now you're proud, so you're not there. All right? So, we are all sinners by nature, but some are sinful by choice. Do you notice the difference? You may get upset sometime and say something unkind or, or do something in the heat of the moment and it's like, you know, it's not nothing we would call a major bad, but it's wrong, okay? But that's not who we are. That's not our, um, that's not the, the, the character, that's not how our life would be characterized. But because we live in this sinful flesh, in that moment, we made a quick bad choice. But there are some people that are sinful by choice, they're not trying to avoid things. They don't care, and they're choosing to do those things. And so uh, what we need to do is be careful about being around them. These types of individuals, they see sin, uh, they, they don't see sin as sin, and they have no problem continuing in a sinful lifestyle. Now, I'm not saying, and, and, and I'll mention it in a minute, I'm not saying be mean-spirited to anybody. I'm not saying be condemning of anybody. This is talking about things that will help me to avoid uh, uh, displeasing God and not being the Christian that God wants me to do. And so there are some people that I would love, there are some people that I would seek to reach, but I'm not going to buddy up with them. I'm not going to be close friends with them. Okay? And if you got saved later on, I've told you many times I had a group of friends, I had to get away from them. Because when I was around them, they weren't talking about Jesus. They weren't talking about the Bible. They weren't saying, when's the next church service? They were saying other things. And I could not change them, but I, could, I, could just, I just didn't want to be a part of that. I did try to get them to come with me. Some of them would come to church every now and then. Some got saved. So this type of person would be described as someone that's sinful in lifestyle and not spiritual. Not spiritual. And so we need to be very careful. We're not talking about the fact that we're better than others. The fact of the matter is, the reason we're going to be careful, and we'll read the verse in a minute, the reason we're going to be careful is because we know we're sinful people. 
And we know if we're not careful, we can be persuaded if we put ourselves around the wrong people in the wrong situations, we can be persuaded to do something that we would not have done had we not placed ourselves in that situation. It's about being careful. We are all sinners saved by grace. I'm talking about the influence others can have on us. Now, I know where to take the gospel to sinners. That's that, and I know, you know, you need to be with them to take the gospel to them. But there is a difference so that we understand this because we are a reaching church. We are a soul winning church. We're going after everybody. New people come to our church. We want to be there for them. We'll take them out. We'll do things to, to encourage them. I'm saying don't do that stuff, but you have to understand that. There's a difference in, a, in the context of reaching people between being friendly and loving and not being close in a friend relationship. Now, we can go the other direction. And I'll be honest, and it was, it was me too, when I first started going to church, I walked in, uh, my heart, I had got my heart right with God, I was ready to serve him, and, and I was on fire, I was reading my Bible, every church service and all that, but I didn't look like it, okay, at all. And so, and I also was in that in-between age group, I should have been in high school, but I left early and should have, wasn't in the singles group, but, but, but so people, some people were a, a little bit concerned about me. Now, some of the adults reached out to me. And they tried to help me. And they spent time with me. And then I found people in my own age group that helped encourage me along that path. Okay? But we weren't just, you know, they, I, I, so, so that's the, we have to be very careful about that. So what does Proverbs say about who we hang around with and avoiding people? Well, let's look at a few things. First of all there, avoid their intentional deception. Avoid their intentional deception. Here's a verse we've all learned when you were young in church. I wasn't in church when I was young. If you were, grew up in church. Proverbs 1, 10 to 14. My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. If they say, now this is the far end of it. If they say, come, let, come with us. Let us lie wait for blood. Let us lurk privily for innocent without cause, doing evil things to people. Let us swallow them up alive as the grave and whole as those that go into the pit. We shall find all precious substance. We shall fill our house with spoil. Really, it's talking about crime there. Cast in thy lot among us. Let us all have one purse. Hey, come be a part of what we're doing here. But go back to verse 10. That's where he gave the admonition to start with. My son, if sinners entice thee, the word entice means to persuade in a deceptive sense. My son, if sinners entice thee, okay? What did Proverbs, uh, we, we see in James, he talked about temptation, right? Uh, but everyone, everyone is enticed by their lust. What? There's something to cause them to think that the thing they're going to do is good for them when in fact it isn't. Right? Isn't that what temptation says? Temptation says this is something, it's, that word used there in the New Testament is like baiting a trap. You see the food. The food looks good, but they don't show you the, you know, boom. It's like baiting a hook. They don't show you the hook. They show you what is supposed to be the good part. They're, they're deceptive. They don't give you the whole story. And so, but sometimes, and you know how it is, if you've ever been around the wrong people or you grew up in that type of atmosphere, there's someone that's going to try to push you to do something that's not right. And they won't give you the whole story. 
Ah, oh, come on, that's not a big deal. We can just blah, 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 blah. He says, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. You know what consent means? To yield and accept. They give you a persuasive argument, and they're not telling you the truth, and you get caught up in it, and you yield. You give in. A lot of trouble, I think you have a blank there, that we get into is because we allow the wrong people to influence us. Be careful. They they don't look like a bad person. What does a bad person look like? Right? There's been crimes committed with guys in three-piece suits. Okay, it's it's, it's like, it's the influence they're giving. Are they godly? Is Is their lifestyle described as uh, you know, they may be growing and all on the scale. That's fine. They're going the right direction. That's great. But is their lifestyle defined as someone who, who wants spirituality or someone who desires sinful direction? So you got to be very careful. They can influence us. Let me say this. Never make a life decision based on a sinful or non-spiritual person's pressure. They'll just pressure you to do, the, do this. Oh, come on. By the way, whenever you feel pressure to make a decision, step back. Just wait. Because once you get away from that influence, you'll be able to think correctly. You'll start thinking if you're right, you'll start thinking about, hey, what does God say about this? Okay, it's better to take a little bit of time to make that decision than to make a wrong decision. I've mentioned it before. The worst thing people will tell me when they make a bad decision is this. Well, I had to do something. It may not have been a person in that situation who pressured them. It may have been the situation that applied pressure. Instead of being wise and stepping back and and being sure of the right thing before making that decision, they let the wrong kind of pressure get them into making a decision. We make decisions when we're angry. Right? Look, and this is whatever, I don't believe in, in all these lame excuses lawyers use to get people out of their crimes. That didn't used to be how it was. It was basically, did you do it or not? And if you did it, you pay the price. But they use the thing, temporary insanity. Now, I don't think that's any excuse to get away with it, but it does happen because we're angry and we're not thinking correctly and we allow ourselves, because of the pressure of the anger, to do something that's, that's, that's not right or is ignorant. And uh, that doesn't make it right, that we just pay the price. So be careful, and people are really good, right? You get a salesman, you know, always trying. Remember, many years ago, we were going to buy a uh, first, I think, new car we were going to buy. I was going to get a little truck, and, 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 I, and I'd never done this before, so I, I, didn't, I didn't play the game right. I did later, but I'm like, look, here's all I can afford. I'm looking in this price range, and I'm not going above it. The guy goes, okay, that's great. He goes, test drive this car. It was a truck. I loved it. Had every bell and whistle in the world. I'm like, wow. And then he gave me the price. I'm like, that's nowhere near what I told you I wanted to pay. He's like, oh, come on. Isn't it a nice truck? And I'm like, you're a liar. I said it nicely. I said, I'm, I'm going to go to the other Nissan dealer. I don't trust you. And I walked out. Okay? But that's what they do, right? And then you're sitting there like, here's the car I wanted. It's like, it's okay. And then you're thinking, but the car I set in over here, the seats were cushier. 
right? You know, and it had the, you know, back, not all of them had the automatic windows, right? You know, and it's like all that stuff. And I'm like, pressure, okay? People that don't understand God, they don't mean to sometimes, but they'll put that undue pressure on you, right? Girls, you date the wrong guy. He's trying to put, even if you think he's the right guy. If he's putting pressure on you to, to take steps in the wrong direction, one of two things, just do both. Slap him. You say, but my hand's small. Grabs a piece of wood. <laughs> and then leave him. Oh, let's just hold hands. Hey, this has nothing to do with it, but girls, let me help you with this. Guys always want more. A guy that says, no, we'll just hold hands and I'm okay with that, he probably likes guys. If that's true. Guys aren't like that. Why take the first step? And that was weak. And he's pressuring you. And by the way, our sis, it used to be guys that were bad. Now it's girls. You're dating some girl and she's pushing you down the wrong road. You're probably not the first she's pushed down that road. So you might want to choose a different road. But pressure. I want someone that pressures me to do the right thing. Okay, I lost most of you on young people on that, but pray for me. But be careful about influence. It could be a place of learning. Our, our, our education, whether it's YouTube or whatever, any type of education, especially our government education, it has nothing to do with education anymore. It has everything to do with pressuring you to a certain position which demands a certain lifestyle. Math's not even math anymore. It's like, what do we, gee, all this stuff, the classes, it's just nonsense. Be very careful. Could be our entertainment. You know, you let your kids watch um, Coco Melon now. Help us. How are our kids going to learn their alphabet? Well, you know, it's just, it's just that one little shot with two, with two parents and a, a little boy wearing a dress. Your kids catch that. that that's, a, that's an influence. That's a pressure. By the way, they're adding it to everything. Why? They're trying to change us. By the way, can I tell you something? It's working. I just read a statistic today. 25% of our young people now identify as gay or transgender. It wasn't like that just four years ago. You know why? That's all, of our, that's all that our public school systems and our entertainment is focused on now. And they know that people don't watch it when they throw it on there, but they're playing the long game. And nothing to do with anything, but I just thought I'd say it. So what's the point? Glad you thought. We're getting a little sideways. Everywhere we go, everything we hear, and everything we see in this society is corrupt. And will try to subtly pressure us into following their godless way. Godless ways. Subtle. You see a commercial for a wedding ring. A guy giving a girl what they're going to slip in two guys doing that. Oh, they'll have the, it's, it's like those, you ever see those ones uh, like this miracle drug, right? This will help take away whatever it is. And then they have 30 seconds or 15 seconds of like people flying kites. Why the guy in a very monotone voice says, your leg might fall off. You'll probably have diarrhea for the rest of your life. And you don't hear that. 
They're, how many know what I'm talking about? Come on now, <laughs> just throw it in there. And it's like, oh, look, they're flying a kite. He just said your arm's going to fall off, okay, or could fall off. It's like, and so they slip these things in like we don't catch it so that it becomes normal. I'm old enough to remember that when advertisements used to focus on the product, like, eat this candy bar. It, it tastes good, right? This, this can of, of, of green beans is full of vitamins. Bursting, bursting with flavor. Now what is it? It's some woke ideology and says, hey, our, our product's behind that. That should tell you this. Don't buy their product even if it is good. But anyhow. So that's what we're doing. So uh, the point is, everywhere you go, this pressure is being applied. Even just away from people. Do you understand that Satan is the greatest advertiser in the world? It did not take him very long to take Eve, come on now, who was created by the hand of God, talked with God. It didn't take him very long to like, and she's eating the fruit. He's good. So the point is, do we want to debate with him? Do we want to get on his fire? No, avoid it. Don't get near it. You're, we're not smart enough. And so what happens? We're not careful, as he says, we yield. So what can we do? Well, the only way to fight that is to stand on God's principles. That's, that's all we got to stand on. We just got to say, look, as this, here's where I'm at. God said it. So I'm just going to stick with this. Well, blah, blah, I don't want to hear any more of it. If God's very clear about the subject, and we understand that God's very clear about the subject, we don't stop and debate. We just basically say, look, this is where God stands, and this is where I stand, so let's just let's bypass that. The only way to fight it. So how do we do that? He told us. By rejecting their enticements. Consent thou not. Reject it. Don't yield. Remember the old... Uh, the, uh, I think it was Pat Riley, I don't even know, was it Pat Riley? Or maybe it was Ronald Reagan's wife that we're dating ourselves here. The song, Just Say No, I'm not going to sing it. I love you too much. Just Say No to Drugs. How many remember that? Okay, by the way, it's always funny to say, music doesn't teach a message, but when they want to teach a message, they use music. But anyhow, just say no. Don't debate it. Don't argue with it. No. That's what he, consent thou not. Don't give in. Just reject it. And then, so you reject the enticements. You start feeling that pressure. You say, hey, the pressure's coming. I'm, I'm rejecting this, and I'm going to get myself away from that situation. And then refuse their invitation by refusing their invitation. Verse 11, if they say, come with us, come on now. You see, it's funny how we are. Do we understand that God wants us to talk to people about spiritual things and talk to them about the gospel, and we're afraid to do that, but it's funny how the world, they're not afraid to talk about their sinful actions. Yeah. And by the way, I'm not, I'm not, understand this, I'm not being uh, condemning of them because they're not saved. 
they're not saved, they don't know. Right? I, know how, I didn't know what to talk about before I was saved. I talked about nonsense. Okay? But, and so if a Christian met me, look, when, I, when Pastor Esposito was trying to bring me along to get me to church, and, and he witnessed to me a little bit the best he knew how because he was a new Christian, he, if I was with him, none of the nonsense. He directed the conversation. It was all about the Lord. It was all about spirituality. And I respected him as my fr- friend. I grew up with him. And I did not, and I listened. Okay? I think he would have been wise enough if I tried to steer the direction another, another way to shut it down. And so let's be very careful. Just refuse the invitation. Now, by the way, we don't need to jump up on a table and say, Heathen! Thou art about to experience the fires of hell! Oh. I'm just now, by the way, sometimes people push, right? You ever been there? Maybe you're at a family outing or something, and you're there with your family, and that one person comes up, hey, you want a beer? Oh, no, thanks. It's not, if no, I would go to a beer party if they're having one, but you want a beer? No, no, thanks. Come on! Oh, no. I'm not going to jump up the table and say, you know, wine is a mocker! Strong drink, raising! You're not wise! But they may keep pushing you. Why not? Well, look, I'm, I'm a Christian. I remember, okay, I don't know, I remember when we lived in Florida. Uh, we moved into our apartment. And uh, a guy next to a door was moving some furniture in. He, right across the hallway. And I, it was hot. Florida was always hot, man. It was the worst place ever. But anyhow, and I, I need a hand. And I helped him bring his furniture up into the house. And then on, his door was here. And my door was here. And then a few seconds later, you know, hey. Thanks for helping us. Here's a beer. Now, I'll be honest with you. It was so hot, I wanted to drink that thing. I mean, it looked ice cold. I wanted to find a reason to say, just one. You know, but I'm like, no, no, no. And he pushed a little bit. And I was very, ah, you know, I, I just, I'm a Christian. I just personally don't drink. He goes, okay, no big deal. I didn't, you know, condemn him or anything. By the way, he was a butcher. He used to bring us free meat. That worked nicely. There was nothing wrong with that. So I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> Have a good time. Not going there either. Okay, so, um, so don't be pushy. All right, next. Here's, a, here's another reason we're going to continue down. Avoid their influential direction. Avoid their influential direction. Verse 15 and 16 of the same chapter. He goes, my son, walk not thou in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from their path. He goes, listen, don't go with them where they're going. Don't go that direction with them. That's what walking is. You're going with them. You're, you're being a part of them. You're going where they're going. For their feet, verse 12, run to evil and make haste to shed innocent blood. Now, when he says, walk not thou in the way, the word way means direction, habits, course of life. You with me? Don't. Go the same direction they are. Don't get the same habits they have. Don't, the course of life, how they live, don't follow them. Do you not understand that we cannot help but be influenced, whether we want to or not, by those we spend a lot of time with? That is just natural. Larry Brown said this, you are now or soon will be what your friends are. Now think about that. And by the way, that's not a negative statement if you think about it, right? It could go either direction. 
And so you are now, and he says it with that little accent, but I won't do it. Um, remember, I, I took a leadership class in, in Bible college. It was the very first class that we had, 8 o'clock, Monday morning, first class, new, new first semester, freshman class, here we all go. And he said this in that class. You will be, and I don't think it's him, I think he got it from somewhere. You will be the same person you are five years from now, except for the books you read and the people you hang out with. You know what he's saying? You know what's going to change you in five years? Now, this, is, this was a secular thought, but, but we understand spiritually we get in the Bible, it changes us. But influence of people, whether your influence is in a book or the influence is hanging out with them, they're going to help make you or break you. Someone has said, show me your friends, and I will show you what you will become. You cannot hang out in a pig pen with a pig and not get muddy. You can't. Okay? You're going to follow that direction. You will naturally go the same direction as someone you are hanging around. If you're hanging around people that have no spiritual desire, what direction are you going to go? You're going to go the direction they go. Okay? You do understand that usually it's, you know, usually the one with the worst is tries to be the leader of the pack. Um, and, and, and so uh, you have to be very, very careful about that. Now, you can choose that. You know, if, if, if in my life I want to head in a certain direction, then what I'm going to do is I am going to do everything I can to get on board with anything that will take me that direction, that will go that direction. You can't head east if you go to a, if you get on a, a, a westbound train. It's not going that direction. So what direction do you want to go? Well, I'll tell you this, if all your friends have no spiritual desire or the majority of people you are, that you allow yourself to be influenced by have no spiritual desire, what do you think is going to rub off on you? What direction are you going to be heading? Next, you will pick up the habits of those you hang around, right? Now, that can be powerful in the right way. It can be powerful in the wrong way. When I was a little, 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 I, bare, I, I, I vaguely remember this. I, I must have been, it must have been like 1970 or probably I was five, six years old, something like that. But I remember as a little kid, this commercial, the guy go to jail today, but uh, it just showed a guy with his, his, his son. And the man's in his convertible driving his car. His son, you can't do this nowadays, was sitting in the front seat, little guy. And he had a little plastic steering wheel that was a toy. And he's looking at his dad, and he's driving like his dad's doing. Okay? And then it shows the dad. The dad's out, you know, mowing the lawn. And here's Junior, the, little, the same little boy. He's out there with a plastic lawnmower. Now, dads, if you're smart, you do that, and then you say, hey, let's switch, let's switch lawnmowers. And dad will go get some tea. You know, you just keep going that way. And it showed several things like this. The dad would do it, and you shows the son watching him, and then the son would go do it. And I remember the end thing was this. The dad sits there, and he lights up a cigarette. And the kid stops, and he looks at him with a confused look on his face, and the dad notices the kid's watching him. And the whole point of it is like, hey, dads, do you want your son smoking? He watches you with everything else. Are you going to set that example for him? 
Look, even the world knows that examples are very, very, very powerful. Yep. Now, well, I'm with a contemporary. I'm with someone that's, look, I'm not going to hang around people that are doing wrong things. You know, I know that they're going to go out and, and, you know, they might drink over here or they might do, listen or do this type of thing, but I'll just sit with them and I won't do that. You're going to do it eventually. Habits rub off. By the way, you hang around with someone that's doing the right thing, you know what you're going to be encouraged to do? You're going to be encouraged to do the right thing. You hang around someone that talks about the Bible, you're going to get interested in the Bible or more interested in the Bible. You talk about somebody and say, hey, man, let's go. Let's go. Let's go serve the Lord. Hey, I'm serving this ministry. You ought to come with me. They're going to push you in the right direction. So if you want to know what direction your life is heading, watch who you are hanging around. Because if you're going with them, it's like getting in a car with somebody. If they're driving, you're going where they're driving you to. That's just how it works. And if you're with these people and you're allowing yourself to, you're going to follow their influence and you're going to follow their habits and it's, begun to, it's going to become a part of your life and you need to be very careful about that. It's 8 o'clock and we'll stop right there. Let's pray together. Our Father, we're thankful for your word and we're thankful how your word helps to build fences in our life. And it helps us to see areas where we need to be very careful. We need to avoid by either vacating or we need to avoid by setting up boundaries and protections. And all of it, Lord, is for the goal of wisdom. And I pray you'd help all of us to desire your wisdom. That we would desire not just to know the facts of your word, but we could take those facts and boil them down into principles which we can put into practice in our life. Bless now these folks, thankful for their attendance, and be with us, Lord, as we prepare and get ready for a wonderful Sunday. I pray you'd be with us on Saturday as we go out and, and uh, uh, share the gospel and do other things, and I pray you'd just help us to all be in our places. Give us safety as we go home. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.